0: Here's Lemuel. The center penalty coming up. Look at Lemuel! Oh my goodness! What a
1: goal! What a move! Lemuel! Oh baby! There's a mistake in a true platform.
0: Oh, baby for sure it's talking hockey the hockey talking show right here on umfm 101.5 in winnipeg you can listen to the show anywhere and everywhere via the internet you ever heard of it randy the internet it's uh, <laughs> it's co-host tom here i am with co-host randy season five episode 28 we're calling this one the giroux first ontario zone claude giroux randy how are you doing today
1: Doing great. It's uh, I think summer has officially begun here in Winnipeg. It was like yeah. twenty eight today or something. Pretty pretty
0: pretty nice. Bluebird day out there, you know, not a cloud in the sky, and just uh, like yeah, hot. Like yeah, was... I guess
1: this is Sunday when we're talking about this, so... right? Who knows? Uh, Hopefully Monday's not raining, but uh, we'll see what happens. (laughs)
0: Yeah, I haven't looked at the forecast. I just in the summer, I don't even bother looking at the forecast. But uh, it's not exactly like hockey weather anymore, per se. That said, lots of hockey going on. We're, you know, in the thick of the NHL playoffs. Uh, The Eastern Conference final is set. Florida will be taking on Carolina. The Western Conference final not quite set the Oilers um and Vegas uh are are still going at it Seattle and Dallas still going at it
1: well by the time this airs uh Vegas may have won right t- uh Sunday night yeah they yeah, yeah they
0: play Sunday night so um we won't really talk about that in terms of you know it being uh results or anything like that so just vague references big, um, big,
1: big picture stuff
0: yeah big picture stuff so I guess w- let's start the show off talk a little bit about Claude Giroux the the episode namesake here and Randy I in uh at the beginning of April I passed through Claude Giroux's hometown of Hearst Ontario I was uh on my way east and then I came west again and so I guess technically I passed through it twice um, and was didn't there a see sign? not there see a him. sign there? like There uh, is a sign. Yeah. There is, yeah. There's definitely a Claude Giroux sign. He's wearing a Philly, uh, Philadelphia Flyers uniform, I guess. Obviously, it's kind of where he spent the bulk of his career. He's now obviously an Ottawa senator. Um, just finished his first year with Ottawa. And, you know, for a 35-year-old man, which in the NHL is, like, pretty old guy, uh, he had a wicked season, you know, 79 points in 82 games hit 35 goals, 44 assists, couldn't quite lead the Sens to the playoffs. Um, You know, they were kind of like hovering around the playoff line for a little bit, but couldn't quite get over the, the hump there. Might be, you know, goaltending might be the uh, thing you kind of look at for Ottawa and say, they had a goalie, they who knows, but um they're on their way up. Good team. I like watching the, the Ottawa Senators right now, to be honest. And and Giroux a big part of that.
1: Yeah, I, I would say and I guess technically, well, he played for Gatineau. so I guess you could say Ottawa's got a fairly close connection for him. He kind of I don't know if he took a hometown discount kind of thing to to come mm. and be a part of the rebuild, but obviously all the young guys they got coming up with like Stutzel and Kachuk and Shabbat and uh Batherson And like, they've got, uh you know, a lot, a lot of pieces to, to build around. And then they wanted, I guess, maybe the, uh the savvy vet, you know, to show yeah, the, the grizzled young
0: vet. Yeah. yeah show them Who's the way. still a very good player. He's not like, he's just like some washed up guy. Like he's, he's still really good. Um I think if there was a team Canada happening, like, you know, this year, I would have I would have had him on the team. You need guys like that, right? He, oh yeah, yeah. So
1: face off guy, yeah. uh, you know, penalty killer. Yeah. You know, still skilled. Like thirty five goals this year, mm-hmm. uh, but maybe one one little whatever stat or one little neat thing about Giroux, and then let's let's get to the meat of this episode.
0: Yeah. So okay, yeah. Here's the the quick statistical rundown. 1,100 games, regular season games we're talking here, 1,100 games played, uh, 329 career goals, 673 assists for 1,002 points. Interestingly enough, so everybody knows the bulk of his career was in Philadelphia. He had exactly 1,000 games played in Philadelphia and exactly 900 uh, career regular season points in Philadelphia. So that's kind of fun. Nice round numbers. You like to see that.
1: Um, I, I would say my favorite thing about you know having a little our episodes named after the person. Uh, the the first thing that I do is I go and quickly look at the the year that they were drafted, yeah. and and to see if maybe the Jets or 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 Atlanta or Phoenix or whoever could have had them. And that's the year that uh, Atlanta drafted Brian Little, twelfth overall. Oh, interesting. Uh, and and Giroux went twenty uh, second overall to Philadelphia. Yeah, two thousand six. Um, the year that's the year that uh, Jordan Stahl, Jonathan Taves, Eric Johnson went first overall. Backstrom, mm. Kessel, uh, Frolik, who's I don't think he's playing anymore in the NHL. Yeah. Uh, Nick Folino. there's some
0: yeah, pretty regular... good draft year. Uh, for the first first round. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I guess
1: we we could have had Giroux. He could have been. Uh, <laughs> he could have came with the Thrashers and still been uh, playing yeah. with our hometown Winnipeg Jets, but unfortunately, you know, they, uh... I
0: don't mind Brian Little as a pick, though. Uh, at that point, like I, it's a shame the way that Little's career has basically come to an end. Uh, I really like that guy; great player um, and solid, like you know, locker room leader type of guy. And it just recently came out that he uh, would he would be open to signing like a one day contract with the Jets to to retire a Jet, which which yeah. is a nice touch.
1: Fair and, enough. Yeah. Uh, I think he probably still lives here. I, I yeah. would assume. But uh, let let's move on. We got some business sure. to get to. First of all, I need to hear about your experience last night, uh, Saturday night. Where yeah. was Tom? Where did you go?
0: Well, I went downtown to the hockey rink. There, Andy uh, went and saw the Winnipeg Ice play. They. Uh, are in the whl finals as as we know and they're taking on the seattle thunderbirds uh for the right to go to the memorial cup which is being hosted by cam loops um and that's who seattle beat in the previous round so cam loops goes to the memorial cup either way because they're hosting so now winnipeg and seattle after two games they're tied up uh, at one apiece because the ice lost last night. It was, it was Seattle's, uh, you know, they, they won. Um, it was four two was the final score. Winnipeg Jets prospect, uh, Brad Lambert. Well, he had two goals, Randy, and I'll be darned if he didn't look pretty good. And you know what? We were talking, uh, at the rink there, like, you know, I think he kind of probably, was like you know he's in winnipeg he's playing at the jets barn you know and he's looking around and he's saying you know this is my house boys like uh you know like uh it it was interesting he played well and you know i think the knock on him was something about his skating maybe they're like saying oh he's not the fastest or best skater or whatever which you know may be true but on his second goal of the night last night, which was the 4-2 goal, the, the fourth goal, he burned past the defenseman for a breakaway and little shimmy shimmy y'all went upstairs right there uh, in the upper Cheddar region, um, <laughs> shelved it. It was a beautiful goal. Uh, and I think everybody in, the, everybody in the rink was, you know, Oh, uh, bummer cuz the ice were pushing at that point and looking to tie it but then also like oh, oh not yeah. bad this is good yeah this is good <laughs> yeah.
1: so yeah. as for someone who's seen uh Winnipeg ice game at the university and now mm. you've seen one at the Canada Life Center you know what's what's the vibe like at the Canada Life Center are there uh you know I think they're probably just using the lower bowl was it Yeah, was it, yeah was the it upper bowl
0: was closed off and it was a good crowd last night I don't know what the attendance would have been but it was it was a I won't say a full house but it was uh it was well attended and it was fun yeah it was a good vibe there's like I I mean the ticket prices are a little more um you know affordable if you will so there's a lot more kids and stuff there um and you know they go they're screaming and going crazy and whatever and um yeah no it was it was fun the the mascot the Winnipeg Ice mascot they may, maybe they have two because i thought I that they, they had two. like a sasquatch or something
1: Yeah they have a they have a sasquatch looking thing and then they have like a like a boy
0: Yeah it's yeah. like an emo kid he's yeah. got like swoopy emo hair it yeah. was so funny Maybe, maybe they It's like are like to to so my friend's son's like, oh, that's uh, that's you. That's basically <laughs> you. <laughs> the target demographic, right? Um, so,
1: so looking ahead, um, the the series is now split. They do the whole two, three yeah. teams. So two games, three games, two games back in Winnipeg, yeah. Uh, yeah. obviously for travel, because uh, going back and forth from Seattle for a junior team, they can't do that uh, multiple times. So they'll just do it the, the once. Um, so, and then I also saw, the remaining games from the series are being broadcast on TSN. So, oh nice. we'll, we'll be able to catch those games. I think game 3 is Tuesday. And then yep. if uh if they if they uh both win at least one game in Seattle, then we know there's going to be a game 6 back here in Winnipeg and uh yeah.
0: yeah. On Sunday the 21st of May, which will be that'll be I mean, yeah, if it go if the series goes that long, I think I would get tickets to go again. We had great seats. We're in the 200 level. Tickets were, you know, I think 25 plus tax and service fees. They're essentially 30 bucks, $33 or whatever it was. And I mean, yeah, we had really nice seats. uh, Great, great action. Seattle played um, like the second period. They held, they severely outshot Winnipeg. And then um, the ice kind of fought their way, clawed their way back in the third, but a uh, little too little, too late kind of thing. And Seattle's goalie, Thomas Millich or milic I don't know really how you pronounce his name. He was a uh, team Canada world junior goalie, I believe. I don't know if he was the starter uh, for the world juniors, but I think he got some action if I'm not mistaken. Um, seems like forever ago to remember back to December, early January with the world juniors. But, you know, you look at the names of the the guys on both teams and the number of draft picks, like NHL draft picks on, on the two teams. And, like, there is no shortage. And the guy that is leading the Winnipeg Ice in the playoff scoring department is uh, Zach Benson, and he's draft eligible this year. Yeah. So it's not one of your Connor Geekies or Matthew Savoys or Connor McLennans who are all very good players. They've already been drafted. It's uh, it's actually Benson who's leading the way, and he he had both of Winnipeg's goals last night, if I'm not mistaken, or on Saturday night. I believe so.
1: Yeah. yeah. Um. We, we should move on though, but uh, I want to tease two things. Yeah. Um. Last last segment of the show, let's talk a little bit about the draft lottery, and then we're also going to talk a little bit about the uh, over, overtime goal by the Florida Panthers. Right uh, against the Toronto Maple believe So stay tuned for that for, for at throughout the end of the show. But moving on, um, we got a request from a, a, one of our Crest of Steel teammates, Ross. He wants to play. He wants to hear Husker Do something I learned today. Tom, quick question for you: If you had to compare Ross to like a current NHLer, like mm-hmm. what what kind of what kind of player is Ross? You, you know?
0: Yeah. Mm- well, so he's very speedy. Ross is very speedy um he's got a good offensive sort of nose for the net uh like you know talented he's got some hands and he's got a decent shot all that kind of stuff his speed is the i think probably his biggest uh asset if you will so who but yeah so i'm I'm like i don't know like a kyle connor or something like that However, I feel like there's a bit of a Brad Marchand in Ross's game, you know. Okay. Like yeah. I'm not saying he's licking people or anything, but he <laughs> he can get a little bit, you know. Uh, well,
1: he he gets he gets he uh, gets in the corners and yeah. he's working. Yeah, he's yeah. 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 I, no, I can so. see that. He he's got some edge, he, you know, a little bit of edge, yeah. speed, skill. It's like yeah. he he's the kind of player you want on your team in the playoffs. I guess. Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
0: exactly. So so, uh,
1: so Ross uh, requested who's could something i learned today uh and then on the other uh out of, on the other side of this song uh we've got a we're replaying a quick little interview or not quick little interview we're replaying an interview from a previous episode but yeah. we'll we'll tease that on the way on the way out of this song here so this is for ross uh caressive steel who's could something i learned today
0: All right, that was Husker Du with something I learned today. A little rock band from uh, Minneapolis area. Um, You know, a a staple through the 80s. Um, So, yeah, right here on Talking Hockey, the Hockey Talking Show, we're going to throw to an interview that Randy did with Name Cardinal, who's known for his indigenous hockey card collection and um, the upper deck uh, First People's, hockey cards, um, or rookie cards, I should say. Uh, so this is a really awesome interview that Randy did back in April. It aired, uh, so we're, we're episode 28. This aired episode 24. Uh, so go back in the archives and, and you can listen or just stay tuned right now because we're going to play it for you right now. Um, so without any further ado, here's Randy's conversation with name Cardinal.
1: Let's just jump right into it. Name January 21st, 2023 was was a big day for you. Can you tell me why?
0: Yeah, well,
2: uh, Upper Deck released the first People's Rookie Cards uh, in January, and that was uh, yeah a project that uh, I uh, worked with uh, a few others on, uh, along with Upper Deck for uh, over two years, and it was a pretty huge day for us when the, the cards got released.
1: Just kind of go over uh, what was the set um what who was in it and and what did it focus on? The
2: set is an eight card set uh, and the the focus of the set is um, to create rookie cards for uh, players who have been in the NHL who have who are of indigenous descent and have never appeared on an NHL license before. Uh, sorry NHL licensed hockey card before. so this was these were all rookie cards. so, the card set goes all the way back to the 1940s uh, until the 1990s. And every every player uh, in the set, is, this is their very first NHL-licensed hockey card um, and included uh, Dan Frawley, uh, Jason Simon, Danny Hodgson, um, uh, testing my memory here, Johnny Harms, uh, <laughs> Ted, Ted Nolan. Nolan. Yeah. Yeah, uh Ted Nolan, uh Trotier, Rocky
1: Trottier, oh, Yeah,
2: Rocky Trottier, Uh and, Yeah, Vic Mercury and um geez, I am uh, One more really drawing a blank here. Uh I'm totally drawing a blank. It's, we'll yeah, we'll
1: we'll get to that in a second. Yeah. But okay. so ba- basically um you know, it was through your experience as being a hockey card collector that, that kind of got you into the mix of, of, I guess, kind of researching and, and, um, kind of going through the archives of, of, of finding, uh, which players should be featured in this set. Just kind of take me back to like, how does, how does someone get an opportunity to basically almost curate a, a set of hockey cards?
2: Well, I've, I've been collecting hockey cards for a long time and I've been focusing on, um, collecting one rookie card of every uh, indigenous player who's played one regular season game in the NHL um, and and has a hockey card. So um, there were a number of players that I've you know, put together over the years in my collection um, who have never appeared on an NHL hockey card before. So um, in, in hearing that, uh, there was someone from Upper Deck um, who brought this forward with an idea to create, rookie cards for them because obviously I've over the years in, in putting my collection together, I've had to find hockey cards of these players um, to be in my collection that come from uh, other stats. So they might be junior cards uh, or they might, um, might be cards from their minor pro days or or even um, European pro uh, pro hockey cards. So uh, it's been something I've been working on for almost a, a decade now and uh put a lot of time and in, in research into finding out who the players are, finding out what their um what their background is and just finding what hockey cards they're on um was all a challenge in in itself.
1: Yeah, Bill Kane was the guy that we missed. Yeah,
2: yeah. yeah. So um, yeah, totally my bad.
1: All good. Yeah. Uh so so basically, um, you know, through collecting um kind of creating your own collection of, 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 uh, indigenous rookie cards, you kind of found out which players didn't have an official card, like, I guess, kind of through that process. Um, so obviously there's more to that. And I know this from our previous interview from when I did the story on you for APTN, um, that like not all these players, or I guess, you know, there was difficulty like finding, uh, photos of some of these players, or if i guess also uh if if you were even able to even license that photo or or that sort of thing like so when you were kind of going through this process you know are there a couple challenges that you kind of came across that you know like kind of uh caused you to maybe you know go in a different direction or or have to like kind of source uh another option or or anything like that
2: yeah there were definitely challenges um like you said there there's um some difficulty in being able to find uh photographs that you can use for hockey cards um i've learned a ton of, um as being a part of this process about what goes into um, making hockey cards and um a lot of things i never knew about before so i definitely appreciate that part of it um but there were there was uh, i know there was a lot of um searching going on uh, and it was mostly on the part of Upper deck who were who were looking for the the photographs of the players and um, being able to um to license those photos to um to use on on the hockey cards um is, is a process and a challenge too and, and a lot of um time and, and research goes into um how that can be done so um that that was also a determinant of of what players to include in in the set as well
1: and then along with the photos obviously um some research and, and interviews needed to get done to kind of learn about more like learn about some of the history of the players and and that was kind of like part of another part of another, another one of your tasks right to to reach out to either the the player or the player's family to learn about them and and you basically put those uh, put that information into writing the cardbacks, uh, correct? Yeah,
2: yeah. So I I wrote the cardbacks for all the cards, um, and uh, yeah, everything was vetted through the the players and their families. They provided information. I also um, gathered a lot of the information from online sources so the the players and their families were a huge part of the process and and, you know giving us the the approval in in what's going to be included and and what they wanted to be said on the back of uh, the hockey card so um that was pretty cool um that was something i never done before like i i created my website and um being trying to be meticulous about what in, what is included on on a back of a hockey card that sums up a career because um as we were saying earlier, like none of these players have ever had an NHL card before. So trying to choose what goes on uh, on the back of a card when a player has had so many accomplishments over their careers, you know, they may have appeared in the NHL for a short period of time and have only played a handful of games, but all of these players are very accomplished hockey players in their careers and also like accomplished outside of the game of hockey. So trying to think about what, what um, should be included and, you know, what's important for people to know because there's a lot of stories that are behind each player.
1: Yeah, exactly. And you only have so many words. Uh, There's only so much space on the back of a hockey card because there's a photo on the back and there's stats as well. And um, so it's almost like, I guess you could say almost like writing a tweet, like you only have (laughs) so many characters or something like that. eh?
2: Yeah, exactly. So you, you gotta be, um, Consider of all the space that's being in, used in the back, the bio, biographical information, the stats, the information that's shared about the players, and you know that space is um, it's very important because you want people to hear those stories. You want them to know how impactful the players were to the game of hockey, um, and and also the, the the indigenous community. So I it's like so much thought goes into that and having the players um, as a part of that was, I think was really important.
1: And another aspect to just all this coming together was um, you bringing on uh, Jacob Alexis uh, into the mix. Are you kind of recommending him into the mix for, for becoming a designer and uh, you know, Jacob was involved with doing some design work with the Calgary Hitmen, And I think just, Not too long ago, I saw him make a post about some work that he did with the Calgary Flames. So just kind of um, tell me about why did you, uh, why did you, and I know that you and um, Jacob have a a connection that goes back to playing basketball together. Uh, So like, um, just tell me about like, you know, bringing Jacob onto the project and, you know, and why, why, why he was a good fit and then what was his role?
2: Yeah. So like you said, Jacob and I go way back. I've known him over 20 years. He one of the first people I met when I moved to Edmonton from my community. Um, and we connected to the game of basketball. And uh, like the whole time I knew he was, um he's an artist. He's like very much into the arts. I, I know like he's very talented. Obviously you, you mentioned that he's done work at the Calgary Hitmen. Also recently the Calgary Flames, he has his own clothing line. Uh, an apparel company that he runs and, and designs for. He's, he's you know, done multiple des- uh, multimedia designs for uh, different communities and organizations around Edmonton. And uh, I, I, I've seen all his work. Like he he's designed our, our jerseys for our basketball teams. Like he designed our team logo uh, and it's all been amazing work. So, and I know like what he does is, it's reflective of who he is as a person, like and like how deeply embedded like his culture is in his life, because that comes out in the work that he does. So I I just knew like he would be I knew he would be perfect for um the being the designer of the hockey cards because I knew that would come out in 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 what was being done. And I I knew that our communities would be appropriately represented in in the work that he's done. And it was just amazing and Um, the, the logo, the overall card design was just so well done. It was, it was perfect.
1: Yeah. And Jacob had a history of, of being a hockey fan and, uh, playing hockey too. So obviously when, you know, you get to work on something that you love, like in, in your case too, like, uh, you know, you've loved, loved hockey cards for years now. And then when you get to, when you get to, you know, put some time and effort into it, like, would you say now, Looking back, and you know, with the cards being out now for a couple months, like obviously it was hard work at the time, but like I'm, I'm sure you had had a great time doing it too because of of what it all meant.
2: Yeah, I mean, looking back, and it, there was definitely a lot of work and and time that went into it, a lot of energy, um, and you know, it was totally all worth it. Like I remember um, trying to find time to like get the get the research done for the hockey cards and and being up so late at night, um, trying to trying to get them together and stuff and um because I like I have a busy life like I you know I work I work full time I have a family at home I have three small kids and uh, when I'm at home like all my time goes to goes to to them until like they go to bed and then that's when I can do my hobby stuff is is after they go to bed and um and all the all my hockey card stuff is done late at night and being able to find that time to do the research and, you know, and get this done. Like uh, there was definitely some late nights um, in doing the research, like reading. Um, and just for example, like with my website, like I've written bios for every single player. Like I probably put two to three hours into each of the bios that I put together for those players. And that's probably accurate, maybe a little bit more for um for the card backs and, you know, it's all worth it because um, I think the work, like the the work that has been done on the part of everyone who is involved in this is it's all worth it because this is a generational project. It's um, something that people are going to be looking at and um, reflecting on for years uh, that the players were so gracious and grateful um, and and very humble in, in the way they um, they they approached this all when when the cards were released um, received so many wonderful message messages from the players and the families of how happy they are and the way they're they're being represented or their family members are being represented and you know that that's important because that's who you're doing the work for like along with the community you're doing the work for the players and their families and um i i'm extremely grateful that i get to be a part of this because it's uh like it's changed my life and um you know i love hockey cards and it's also like really changed the way i look at hockey cards even more because of like you you see the impact that the hockey cards have like they're they um you know they're they're the way i started was for fun it's a hobby but you know, it's it's grown into a passion, and it's something that like, I appreciate very much because, like, um, I think it's it's shaped me from from the time I was young and being able to see like a lot of Indigenous players on on uh, on the front of a hockey card. Like, you know, that gives you a lot of like perspective on things. It's it's also gives you a lot of like uh, hope in um, trying to chase your dreams, whatever they are, and you know, hearing about like. Um, similar things that players have gone through life experiences um you know that that really um uh changes your perspective on life and you know gives you a lot of hope for things that you want to do as well
1: yeah so with with the cards now being out for a couple months and you've you've kind of been able to just sit back and kind of take it all in uh like where are you at now like um you know have you you know you said you you've reached you've been you know some of the players have reached out to you and and you know uh you know just kind of uh sh- shared their thoughts and and that sort of thing but like um have you have the cards kind of come up in any interesting aspects or different places or like seeing you know like whether it's through social media see, like seeing someone holding the cards like really you know in a, in a remote location or anything like that is there anything? neat that kind of sticks out to you of, of where these cards have gone?
2: Um I, I think like the 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 coolest thing is uh about the communities that they've been going to through hockey youth hockey tournaments um and and seeing them um, being given out to the kids there. Um that has really stood out to me as well. And like just recently um some of my coworkers went to uh they went to a youth conference uh, as part of work and they were you know they were setting up a, a a booth there, and they they met Jason Simon, and and Jason was there handing out the hockey cards, and you know interacting with the kids through the hockey cards, and um, and he even gave some of my coworkers some of the like the, uh, the the blown up versions of of the hockey cards and signed them for them. So that has been really cool for me because it's like reaching into other aspects of my life, including work, and creating a lot of really awesome conversations
1: that's great and also i guess there was only like a limited amount of sets created and and basically the set is uh eight cards with a checklist and it comes in in its own uh packaging like a kind of clear plastic packaging so that's a full set um Mm -hmm. do you know how many were produced because you mentioned the the hockey tournaments like um upper deck kind of I think with your help and maybe uh, with like reaching out to hockey tournaments to, to pass these cards out for free. Um, This was all passed out for free. Uh, And then there's a Winnipeg connection here as well. First row collectibles on main street here in Winnipeg was, I believe the exclusive um, kind of uh, distributor for, for the packs of cards. Um, So do you know roughly like how many packs are, are out there right now? And, And, you know, I guess as far as, uh, upcoming availability, do you, do you know anything on that front?
2: Yeah. Um, upper deck has stated that there's 10,000 sets that have been produced. Um, and as far as like upcoming availability goes, um, they would probably be through hockey camps. Um, and I would, I would check the upper deck website because they keep updating it and they've they've added several locations for release since the the cards have been released uh, in January.
1: Okay. Yeah. I, like i you know, Curtis uh, from first row has turned into a bit of a rock star there. He was on TV a few times with uh, uh, being, you know, uh, one, I guess the only uh, uh, kind of collectible store uh, distributor and a uh, great story there with him uh, mailing out packs and, and doing, doing the best he could to, uh, to get those uh cards into the hands of people who couldn't get to Winnipeg, um, you you mentioned um your website, so like maybe maybe let's get into that just for a few minutes. Um, you know where where can people f- find uh info or information about your set and and uh, and what 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 can they find uh are are you not uh, I mean the your collection and and what can they find on your website?
2: Yeah, so my website is um it's through Wix sites um, if you just google indigenous rookie cards it'll take you right to my website um i don't have a um a url for it anymore um i think it's like uh name free sites or something like that but just google indigenous rookie cards and you'll find it so on my web pages um there's what i have on there it's i have a um really it's for me it's a like a a history or like a curation of the history of indigenous hockey players in the NHL, uh, through hockey cards. So I have photos of every single hockey card that's in my collection. And my collection goes from the 19 goes from 1933 all the way up to the present date. So I have it all organized by era. um, and if you click on each of those eras, um, you'll find photos of the hockey cards. And then when you click on the hockey cards, um, it'll take you to a, um, to a uh, a link that includes the, a bigger photo of the hockey card and a bio. So I've written a bio for every single player. Um, and you can read read the bio for every player on my website. And uh, as well, I have some of my um, my smaller player collections in- included on there. Some of the articles that uh, my hockey card collection has been featured on, some videos as well. Um, so, um, if you want to check it out, I'd be really appreciative of that.
1: Yeah. And, and also on social media, like you're, you're fairly active on Twitter and Instagram and, and you have your YouTube channel as well. Like, I'm not sure if you've posted anything on there lately, but I know I, I I've seen you kind of go through some of your collection on there and, and some, uh, pack openings and, and that sort of thing.
2: Yeah. So I'm, I'm probably most active on Instagram, um, as well. I've, um my i mean i'm active uh, probably post similar things on my twitter page um and i do have a facebook page as well and like everything from my instagram is linked to my facebook page so as soon as something goes up on my facebook it'll uh, sorry on my instagram it'll automatically go to my facebook page but you're right i haven't posted anything on my youtube page since probably last summer um, I, I just got a little burnt out from making uh, YouTube videos and uh, I haven't done anything for quite some time but I I am planning on on doing something on that platform again
1: and you're you're'll we'll, we'll, we'll include these in the in the description of the of the show but what are your actual handles for for um, can you yeah take those offhand? Yep. yeah
2: on Instagram I'm at indigenous Rookie cards on Twitter I'm Indige cards. And on Facebook, uh Indigenous Hockey Cards is my page.
1: Um, I'm going to put you on the spot here a little bit, but are you able to tell the story about the Instagram Live?
2: Uh, um, which Instagram Live?
1: The the one with Ken Reed.
2: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. for sure.
1: Because yeah. Ken Ken Reed was a he was a guest on our show, I guess two years ago now. During during COVID, we had Ken Reed on, and we talked about hockey cards with Ken. So, can you kind of go through? what happened there? Uh, you know, how did that came to be? And, and, you know, what was the outcome of that, uh, Instagram live?
2: Yeah. And, oh I'm glad to hear Ken was a guest on this show. He's yeah. He's an awesome guy. Um, yeah. So Ken and I had connected over social media because obviously like he has a huge love for hockey. He has a huge love for hockey cards. He's wr- written several books about hockey cards. Um, and um we were just kind of messaging back and forth on, on Instagram and he he asked me if I wanted to do an Instagram live with him. And this was in the summer of 2020. So he and I had a conversation for about half an hour. Uh it's posted on his Instagram page if you want to have a look for it. But it was really cool to be able to talk to him and like obviously, like to like a hockey card collector like me, he's like a huge celebrity. You see him on SportsNet. Um, he's an author. Uh, really cool guy. So I was like, I couldn't believe I was doing this like Instagram live with him. But during our conversation, it um, we were talking about my collection and I mentioned that there were several players in my collection that didn't have an NHL card. And, you know, I, um, I, I think I should give some explanation for that and why that, why that happened historically. So um, a lot of times there were um, the players were pre-selected for, for the sets. As well, um, there was often times when, when players were at the rink, but the hockey card company was not. Um, so they missed out on being in, in any of the hockey card sets, and uh, they never did get a hockey card. But we were talking about that. And um, after the after the Instagram Live, I, I received a direct message in my inbox, and it was someone from Upper Deck. It was from Chris Carlin, who worked for Upper Deck at the time. And he approached me with the idea, and he he said, "I was just listening to the Instagram live. I didn't know there were players who um, who didn't have hockey cards made, and I have an idea that uh, I want you to be a part of it." And he brought forward the idea of of creating this set uh, for uh, Indigenous players who never had ho- uh, rookie cards made before. And and uh, yeah, obviously I said yes right away. I wanted to be a part of it, and yeah, the rest is history. That was pretty. It was a pretty awesome uh, experience. Being on that Instagram live with Ken and then receiving that uh that message from Chris.
1: One last thing that we we ask uh, all of our guests, do you have a, a song request for the show? Oh, it's gotta be Stompin' Tom. Oh that's, perfect. A, that's the only one. <laughs> that's the one. <laughs> right on. Well, Stompin' Tom Connors here with uh thanks again, Name Cardinal. And uh like he mentioned, uh Indigenous rookie cards. Uh just Google that and uh, his website will show up and, and uh, you know, make sure you check him out on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. And uh, yeah, it was great work name. It's been a pleasure uh, talking hockey with you and obviously talking hockey cards with you for the past year and a bit. Uh, thank you so much for joining us name.
2: Yeah. Thanks for having me. And honestly, like if you find me on social media, please just feel free to reach out to me and ask questions or say hello. I appreciate that all the time.
1: Right on. Thank you.
2: Hey, thanks, Randy.
1: Hello out
3: there, we're on the air. It's hockey night tonight. Tension grows, the whistle blows, and the puck goes down the ice. The goalie jumps, and the players bump, and the fans all go insane. Someone roars, Bobby scores at the good old hockey game. hockey game. Second period. Where players dance with skates of flash, the home team trails behind. But they grab the puck and go bursting up and they're down across the line. They storm the trees like bumblebees, they travel like a burning flame. We see them slide the puck inside, it's a one-one hockey game. Oh, the good The best game you can name And the best game you can name Is the good old hockey game Take me where Hockey players face off Down the rink And the Stanley Cup is all filled up For the champs who win the drink Now the final flick of the hockey stick And the one gigantic scream The puck is in The Canadians win The good old hockey game Game you can name as the good old
0: hockey game. all right, that was uh Randy's interview with name Cardinal uh, from back from April, and uh, a little stomping Tom tune to uh kind of close that one out so. Here we've only got a, a handful of minutes left, and we got a lot of stuff to cover here, Randy. So let's get right into it. Connor Bedard will he be a Chicago Blackhawk? Well, I, I mean, mean, is Chicago going off yeah. the board and picking yeah. somebody else?
1: Yeah, maybe they're going to Adam Fantilli. They maybe just don't yeah. like Bedard's. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, well, no, I guess I guess that's that's the way it's going to go and. I, honestly, I'm going to say I'm a little disappointed. I, yeah. I, I kind of, I was kind of hoping to see Bedard, I don't know, maybe go to Anaheim or, or somewhere else. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm I kind of wish he wasn't going to Chicago, but I guess that's going to come back to haunt me for being a Jets fan. And now Connor <laughs> Bedard is going to be uh, in the yeah.
0: central division. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, well, you know, like that's good in a way we'll get to see him a few times a year. Uh, when the, when the Hawks come to town, um, yeah, I don't know. It's It felt like it was a foregone conclusion. Back at the beginning of this season, when we were, you know, setting out on season five of Talking Hockey, the Hockey Talking Show, I think we probably speculated about where he's going and all that kind of stuff. I'm pretty sure we both said Chicago, you know? It just felt like the league would they want were so him there. so terrible
1: back then. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: You know, like the original six team in a major rebuild situation, they had all that, you know scandal stuff happened in the last couple of years it just feels like the league like they're an important team to the league big market all yeah. that you know
1: and they sold what like they said 2 million dollars worth of season tickets like the day that they announced <laughs> the draft like crazy stuff right. but i guess yeah. to be to be fair and to be honest just because you get a generational talent doesn't mean you're going to win the cup cuz no. you know here we go with connor mcdavid uh they still haven't won a cup what, uh, you know, eight years into his career. so Yeah, I mean, he's
0: he's doing what he can, no doubt about it. And and Edmonton does have, like, a pretty... Well, they've got the best team that they've ever had with McDavid on it, you know what I mean? Like, this is the most complete Oilers team. And, you know, they're up against the ropes against Vegas. Like I say, by the time you listen to this episode, maybe it's going seven. Maybe Vegas uh, put the Oilers out of their misery. Who knows? Uh, But, yeah, Bedard will be... Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what he, what he does in the NHL. Yeah. Um, but yeah, kind of, uh, I think I was, I was, I, you know, Montreal had a very slim chance, as, but I was like, oh man, that'd be awesome to see him go to Montreal. But of course, if Montreal did win the lottery, wouldn't surprise me if they went and pick somebody else just because that's how Montreal rolls. They always well, like to I go a little off the board, you know,
1: it's still early, but I think they, you know, maybe did do the right thing. Not. Drafting Shane Wright, but uh, you know, I guess only time will tell.
0: Yeah, I think um, Slavkovsky will. You know, he, he's um, he's got the raw talent and just gotta you know curate him a bit. But
1: so, so I would say what maybe five weeks ago, um, playoffs have been kind of a blur. But I think right before the first round started, I remember predicting or making a prediction that all the Canadian teams would advance. Yeah. Uh, two, two of the three advanced to the second round, but here we are now, uh, approaching the end of the second round. The Maple Leafs are gone. Uh, yeah. Oilers are on the verge. They, they could be the one, uh, left standing. Uh, w- did you make the same, like, what were your thoughts on the Canadian teams? Do you remember?
0: Um, I don't think that I, no, I, I went along with you and said, yeah, like all three Canadian teams are going to make it out of the first round. I was unsure if Toronto would be able to do it, but they did, they made it out of the first round and they had, uh, as far as Toronto goes, a lengthy playoff run. Um, they had, you know, they went to game five of the second round, you know, like that game five, Florida wins three, two in overtime. Or was it four three? Uh I 3-2. think it was three two. Three two. Florida wins three two in overtime. Um the famous Radko Gudis photo screaming in Joseph Wool's uh face right as the goal goes in. Excuse me. Um, amazing picture. Check the uh talking hockey Instagram uh for that one. Um but like Controversy aside, because there was a goal, a dis not even disallowed, a, a a puck that looked like it was in the net. It was in the net, but play had been whistled down or called, like blown dead or whatever. So the goal, it wasn't a goal. Toronto fans are gonna cry foul about that for a year, um, and we'll we won't we haven't heard the last of it yet. They'll they'll be talking about that on hockey night in Canada since the Leafs are long gone now, but we'll still hear about it. But, you know, they – it wasn't – and then they'll, they'll talk about refing and whatever, you know, kind of excuses people talk about. But they didn't lose the series in game five, despite them being yeah. eliminated in game five. They lost the series in those first three games when they lost three games in a row.
1: Exactly. Like, like one disallowed goal – doesn't win you the series or doesn't no. lose you the series. It was it was easily lost. Like those first couple games, like I forget it was game two or three, I think, leafs I think it was game. Game yeah,
0: three whatever. went to overtime and Panthers won it on Sam Bennett's wraparound. Was it Bennett or uh yeah no it was dude oh no uh uh reinhardt Reinhart yeah yeah
1: but and like he kind of like was able to do whatever he wanted to yeah. do. Um, the Leafs erased
0: it three times in a row. Yeah, there yeah. was
1: also times when like the Leafs were up two nothing early in the first, and then by the first intermission it was a tie yep. game. You know, yep. like the Florida Panthers just had a response to everything. So a, a disallowed goal, or Radko Gudis going to the net hard, and you know, it, some people are saying interference, some people aren't. It's a it's a good hockey play that he mm-hmm. taking out the defenseman there.
0: Yeah, yeah, he grabbed a hold of his stick. Yeah. I didn't notice that until after. I, I think,
1: I think, like you said, like one disallowed goal doesn't doesn't make the series. So, it, it was just in the cards. Also, the Florida Panthers, after taking down the the Boston Bruins, like and their record series season, um, the the, the Florida Panthers had so much momentum going into the into round two.
0: Well, oh, you take out Boston, who had a record breaking season, you got some confidence going into the next round of the playoffs for sure. So they were they were feeling good about themselves and then they go and win three straight against Toronto. You know, they're not gonna give like I I didn't think that there was gonna be a sweep, so I wasn't, you know, surprised when Toronto was able to win game four, but you just know Florida's not gonna like the way that they've been playing and everything, they're not they're not gonna give the Toronto a chance to to make that comeback, you know.
1: So. A minute to go here. I got one question for you, then you can wrap it up. And we've talked about this before, bandwagons. Are you on the Florida Panthers bandwagon?
0: I am now, for sure. You know what? I want to see Paul Maurice lift a cup. Why not, right? I agree.
1: Um, I'm, I'm on the yeah. bandwagon as well. I'm going yeah. Panthers Panthers all the way.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. I don't like Carolina at all, so <laughs> it was an easy choice for me. And then in the West, you know who I'm bandwagoning with? I, I, I'm kind of cheering for Edmonton. I want Edmonton to go through. But uh I'm on the Seattle bandwagon as well. Oh
1: well that, that game that game's uh Saturday night, uh, you know, Seattle was firing on all, yeah. all cylinders, but that series has just been back and forth so it's much. So weird. Yeah, you have no idea. Like, is Dallas no. gonna win five? Flip a one? coin.
0: Yeah. Flip a but, coin. Uh, yeah. That's
1: all our time for today, Tommy. I guess uh yeah. you had a song request for this week and well uh take it away.
0: Yeah, so uh coming to Winnipeg this, this week is is Nova Scotia Blues man Garrett Mason he's playing at the times changed gonna go check that out um he is in my opinion like the greatest guitar player ever like I think he's amazing and I'm not I don't think I'm alone in that in that uh feeling but yeah so it's gonna be a great show and he's he'll he'll be coming back to Winnipeg on his way back east uh I think later in June or something like that he'll be playing the park alleys so if you miss him at the times change this week check them out in a couple weeks at park alleys and this is a song called song of the summer which you know today being like we said off the top of the show a scorcher in winnipeg summer's here so this is your song of the summer right here on talking hockey the hockey talking show thanks for tuning in and we'll catch you next week there
1: was a song of
3: the summer